Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome. This is Just Human number 252, and this is going to be uh, part eight of our reading of the Her Report. Trying to get this one, this episode in real quick before I go on the uh, on the Eye of the Storm with Abs and Stormy tonight. So we are in chapter 14 of the Her Report. We're almost done with it. I was looking ahead, and there's not really that much left. Uh, there's a large appendix section with lots of uh, spreadsheet type stuff, which is interesting, but I'm not going to read spreadsheets on the show. <laughs> but uh, we're getting there. And chapter 14 is uh, about the classified documents found at the Penn Biden Center. And so I think it's probably going to be pretty interesting. Let's go to um, over to our screen here. Hope you guys are doing well. If you like the show, hit the thumbs up. If you're liking this reading of documents and nerding out, Hit the thumbs up. Make sure you're following me on my socials. If you would like to receive this as a podcast, go to my Substack, justhuman.substack.com. Sign up for free. And there is an option to get the podcast version of the show. You can set it to go to your iTunes or Podbean or however you like to listen to it. And once you set it up, it'll always be there. You, don't have, you only have to set it up one time. Or you can listen through the Substack app, which I find works really well. If you're interested in doing more than that, uh, as far as support, you want to like support the show uh, beyond sharing it and thumbs upping it and all of that, ko-fi.com is a great place. You can go there. You can keep my coffee cup full. Vincent Honey Farms, they have the best honey in the whole country, maybe the whole world. I'm not sure. I haven't had money from off. I had <laughs> haven't had honey from off of this continent. I don't think. I would like to. But as far as I'm aware, Benton Honey Farms is the best place to get honey in all of the world. It is my favorite honey. Bootleg products. I made fajitas tonight. They were delicious. I used bootleg fajita seasoning. Uh, I love bootleg products. I love everything I've had from there. Manly Cans. If you got a manly man that you want to get a gift for, Manly Cans is a great place to go. There's my merch store. There's my Venmo. You guys know by now, those are the support links. And thank you all for the support. Really appreciate it. All right, let's get to it. Chapter 14. Classified documents found at the Penn Biden Center. Part one, I have fresh coffee. I went by the coffee roaster today and bought fresh, freshly roasted beans. And they are so good. I could do a whole show just about this one cup of coffee and how great it tastes. Well, maybe not. I'm exaggerating a bit. You ever seen that? What's that movie? Um, that, what is it? That gummit. It's from like the early 2000s. What's it called? It's about the wine guy. The guy that's really into wine. And he likes that girl. And it's like this drama comedy thing. I can't remember. It's like, it's like one word. I can't remember. But anyway, there's a line in that movie where he's talking about how great wine is. And uh, he's talking to the girl character in the show about it. And I don't remember if he says it or the female character says it. She may say it. But she says, when you open a bottle of such and such, that is the occasion. You don't need to save it for a special occasion. The wine itself is the occasion. And that's how I feel about this coffee. I've always remembered that line. Um, but I've, yeah. So that's, I'm happy about my coffee. <laughs> All right. One, facts, back to this. 
I'll try not to scroll too much. A, description of the pin bind center. The pin bind center is housed in an office space leased by the University of Pennsylvania on the sixth floor of a commercial office building near the United States Capitol in Washington, D.C. The office space includes a reception area, conference rooms, a kitchen and pantry, a copy room, a large office for Mr. Biden designed to resemble the vice president's West Wing office, and roughly a dozen smaller offices and workrooms arrayed in a circle around a central open office space. Mr. Biden's office adjoins one of the smaller workrooms, sometimes called the outer office, where Mr. Biden's personal assistant, scheduler, and trip director sit. And we have a diagram of it. Part B, events leading up to the discovery of classified documents at the Penn Biden Center. John, Harold, and I have long believed that, um, or long suspected, that Special Counsel Weiss is what triggered the finding of classified documents at the Penn Biden Center and then eventually the appointment of Special Counsel Hearst. So we'll see if anything in this actually negates or supports that. In March 2021, Mr. Biden's Director of Oval Office Operations visited the Penn Biden Center at Mr. Biden's request. Footnotes 973. That is according to the Director of Oval Office Operations transcript. Okay. She described the purposes of the visit as one, a look for personal items such as family photographs and awards that Mr. Biden might want to display in the Oval Office. And two, to, quote, get a sense of what was there more generally. Okay, that neither negates nor supports John and I's suspicion. The director of Oval Office Operations took photographs to document her visit and compiled an inventory with the help of an assistant. In addition to personal items such as framed photographs, flags, awards, books, and challenge coins located in Mr. Biden's office, she noted the presence of about 40 boxes in a hallway closet. She took photographs of the boxes. After the visit, she reported back to Mr. Biden what she had found. According to the director of Oval Office Operations, the conversation was very fast and pretty informal. And Mr. Biden did not provide any further direction about the Penn Biden Center. In May 2022, White House counsel Dana Remus undertook an effort to retrieve Mr. Biden's files from the Penn Biden Center. Remus described the original purpose of that effort as gathering materials to prepare for potential congressional inquiries about the Biden family's activities during the period from 2017 through 2019, when Mr. Biden was actively engaged with the center. So that would have to do with um, the impeachment inquiry. What's interesting about that is that is the period when uh, that Alexander Smirnov, the FBI CHS, who was the source of the FD-1023 we heard so much about last summer, and who was recently indicted by Special Counsel Weiss, that is when he alleged this uh, bribery thing was happening and when he lied um, about the arrangement. So that's kind of interesting. Did they go there to get... Well, it's just interesting. Okay. Through later conversations, Remus learned that the Penn Biden Center's offices contained a mix of Mr. Biden's materials, including personal material, that was not limited to records of his activities from 2017 through 2019. Eventually, the goal of Mr. Biden's staff became to clear out all of his material from the Penn Biden Center. 
Remus decided to ship material that could be relevant to future congressional inquiries to Patrick Moore, one of Mr. Biden's personal counsel in Boston, uh, for further review by Moore and Bob Bauer. Moore's office had become a repository for some of Mr. Biden's political materials, such as awards and copies of speeches. Bauer and Moore planned to inform the White House Counsel's Office of what they found. Strictly personal items would be shipped to Mr. Biden's Delaware home. Remus initially coordinated with the executive assistant, who had worked for Mr. Biden both during his office, his second term as vice president, and at the Penn Biden Center. The executive assistant offered to pack up Mr. Biden's files at the Penn Biden Center. Remus understood the executive assistant was going to segregate personal files, such as photographs and handwritten letters to Mr. Biden, from files related to his work. As the executive assistant later told investigators, quote, a lot of stuff was already packed up. On June 28, 2022, the executive assistant came to, came to pack up the remaining unpacked files. She completed the packing in about half an hour. Her packing involved simply transferring files from office drawers and Home Depot into Home Depot boxes she had picked up earlier. In doing so, she did not review individual files or documents. So they're just gathering this stuff up, shoving it in boxes and moving it. Kind of like the way the GSA with Cassidy Hutchison packed up Trump's White House, maybe? Most of the packing involved boxing up files the executive assistant stored for Mr. Biden in outer office. In the outer office, she formerly occupied along with Mr. Biden's former scheduler and trip director at the Penn Biden Center. The outer office was accessible on one end from Mr. Biden's office. At the other end, the outer office had a door to the center's larger office area. Mr. Biden's office and the outer office are depicted in the photographs below. Okay, November. So the, the, this is this is what this is what this uh, info war has done to me. As soon as I saw this picture, I'm looking at the foliage in the background to see if the the leaves match the time of year the photograph was supposedly taken. Uh, so there's his office, uh, November. Uh, Mr. Biden's office at the Penn Biden Center, right there. I wonder what the book is. Looks like it's got gold. On the outside of the pages and blue cover. Cheap office chairs. The outer office. Man, is that printer a brother? I hate that brand. That's so much trouble with that brand. All right, anyway. Uh, the executive assistant also looked for files in Mr. Biden's office and other staff offices, but found none. She emailed Remus that evening, quote, 13 boxes. They are clearly marked, bo marked boxes with correspondence throughout four years. As the executive assistant later told investigators, many of the 13 boxes she referred to were boxes of correspondence files that had already been packed up and stored in a cl storage closet at the Pennbine Center. The others were the boxes she packed with files from the outer office. Remus visited the Pennbine Center two days later, on June 30th, 2022, with a member of her staff and a top advisor to the First Lady. They expected to retrieve the 13 boxes mentioned by the executive assistant. Remus planned to ship some of the boxes to more, 
Man, this is happening in June. It says June 30. I thought we were just looking at talking about November. It's November when the FBI, this is November 28, 2022, are these pictures. And then we're all the way to June 30. And then we're back to June 30th. I'm a little bit confused on the timeline. I remember that the FBI got involved like November 8th, 2022. So these images here would be after the FBI's involved. Sorry, I got to scroll up because we're talking about six months went by. Is that right? So June 28, 2022 is when they're going and moving these boxes around and filling boxes in. But these photographs aren't from then. These photographs are from after the FBI has been there or when the FBI was there. Remus visited the Penn Buying Center two days later on June 30th, 2022 with a member of her staff and a top advisor to the First Lady. They expected to retrieve blah, blah, blah. Upon arriving at the Penn Biden Center, though, Remus discovered that there was much more than 13 boxes of material belonging to Mr. Biden, and some of it was not even packed. The project of going through the volume of material and figuring out where things would go, quote, was a much bigger task than Remus had expected. Remus and her colleagues left the Penn Biden Center that day without removing anything. The photographs taken by the director of the Oval Office operations in March 2021 corroborated Remus's statements about the quantity and variety of Mr. Biden's items at the Penn Biden Center. And these photos are from March 2021. There's a Believe pillow. Wow. Hmm. Okay. Remus later contacted Moore and asked him to review and properly dispose of material stored at the Pinbine Center. Moore visited the center months later in October 12th, on October 12th, 2022, along with one of Mr. Biden's Oval Office aides. Moore's goal was to take stock of what was stored there. So this thing has been going on since March of 2021. And now we go to October of 2022. And Moore is there with an assistant. According to Moore, conducting the review was not a high priority because nobody expected to find classified documents or presidential records there. The Oval Office aide accompanied Moore to facilities his, his access to the Pinbine Center and his initial review of the material. While at the Pinbine Center, the aide also searched for and found items that could be used at the White House, such as gifts for visitors and Mr. Biden's personal stationery and personal items. Moore first inspected material in a back storage closet, pictured above, located off the mailroom slash kitchenette. He found a variety of items, including gifts, memorabilia, books, and condolence, condolence correspondence related to the 2015 death of Mr. Biden's son, Bo Biden. Moore then inspected Mr. Biden's office space. That space included Mr. Biden's office, a small closet in that office, and the outer office. Moore identified six or seven boxes containing documents to review. He recalled finding at least some of those boxes in the small closet in Mr. Biden's office and moving them to the outer office for review. When interviewed by FBI agents, Moore believed the small closet was initially locked and that a Penn Biden Center staff member provided a key to unlock it, but his memory was fuzzy on that point. He found the other boxes in the outer office, where he conducted his first cursory review of material in the boxes. During that initial quick review, 
Moore saw copies of, of speeches, political documents, and campaign materials. He also noticed documents dating from Mr. Biden's time as vice president. The format of these documents led him to believe they were from the White House. Moore knew such documents were potentially presidential records under the Presidential Records Act, which must be stored at the National Archives. He did not see any documents with classification markings at the time. Moore left that day, intending to return later and, among other things, conduct a more detailed review of the material and determine whether any of it included presidential records. Moore returned to the Pinbine Center several weeks later, on November 2nd, 2022, with an associate from his law firm. They planned to review the materials and send records that were not presidential records to their firm office in Boston. Moore brought FedEx boxes, and the two packed up and eventually shipped some materials they determined were clearly not presidential records, such as material dated after Mr. Biden's vice presidency. They set aside for further review four Home Depot boxes containing folders labeled with dates from 2009 to 2017, years during which Mr. Biden served as vice president. Moore began reviewing the material in one of the Home Depot boxes. About a third of the way through the box, he found a manila envelope marked eyes only for the vice president. Iran was handwritten on the envelope. Inside the envelope, Moore found documents with classification markings. He took the box into the adjoining room and contacted Bauer, who in turn contacted the White House counsel. Members of the White House counsel's office then notified the National Archives General Counsel. Moore added post-it notes to designate where he found documents with classification markings. He photographed the files in the box, with a, which an archivist from the National Archives la later labeled as Box 3. So you can see those post-it notes right there. Moore's associate also discovered material with classification markings in another box of files, which he had been reviewing page by page. That box also contained other records that Moore thought could qualify as presidential records. The associate used post-it notes to flag documents he wanted Moore to look at and to keep track of documents he removed to, to review. You see a bunch of post-it notes. Moore photographed the files in the box, which his associate labeled box one. There's lots more down here. Okay. Moore and his associate identified one other of the four boxes that potentially contained class presidential records, but found no documents with classification markings in that box. The National Archives later labeled the box as box two. The fourth box did not appear to contain any presidential records, but was in the same style Home Depot box as the other three. Moore and the associate repackaged the material in the fourth box into a new FedEx box because the Home Depot box was in relatively poor condition. Pursuant to instructions from the White House Counsel's Office, Moore locked the three boxes containing documents with classification markings or potential presidential records in the small closet off of Mr. Biden's office. He photographed the interior of the closet. The next day, November 3rd, 2022, two archivists from the National Archives met Moore and an associate White House counsel at the Pinbine Center. Moore took the three Home Depot boxes out of the locked closet and put them in the outer office. He offered for the archivists to take the fourth box, but they said the National Archives had instructed them to take only the three. 
The archivist returned a few days later on November 8th, 2022, however, and took the fourth box, along with 28 Federal Record Center boxes from the Penbine Center. Okay, 28 more boxes. Moore told the archivist that the 28 boxes contain letters expressing condolences related to the death of Bo Biden. Upon reviewing the contents of the three boxes in a skiff at the National Archives, an archivist determined that they included nine documents with classification markings totaling 44 pages. Those documents were in box one and box three. She estimated that about 90% of the documents in box one, two, and three were personal in nature and related to financial matters, correspondence, and pictures. No other documents with classification markings were found in any of the material the National Archives took from the Penbine Center. Box four contained otherwise blank page with classification markings. The page appeared to be the last page of a bound briefing material that had likely been removed from a classified briefing book. FBI agents visited a skiff at the National Archives on December 1st and 2nd, 2022, to review and photograph the four boxes and their contents. The National Archives later transferred custody of the marked classified documents in boxes one and three to the FBI. Part C, description of the documents recovered from the Penbine Center. The FBI identified 10 documents recovered from the Penbine Center as classified or potentially classified and designated those documents as A1 through A10 in addition to the nine documents with classification markings that the National Archives had identified. FBI designated a set of handwritten notes as potentially classified. The handwritten notes were found in an envelope with marked classified documents and related to the same topic as those documents. Part 1, Marked Classified Documents Found in Box 1 The FBI located the marked classified document designated A1 among unclassified documents in a folder labeled second term that is pictured below. So that says second term. This one says next steps for something. Second term folder and contents from box. Next steps for something game. Next steps for Blasson game, maybe. Next steps for something. The FBI located the marked classified document designated A2 among unclassified documents in a red folder with a handwritten label filing 10-10-16, so October 10th, 2016. Appendix A includes unclassified descriptions of documents A1 and A2. Part 2, the unclassified contents of Box 1. Box 1 includes a variety of unclassified files and personal and professional significance to Mr. Biden. These include a folder labeled POTUS 21st Century Police Policing 2015. I can't read. POTUS 21st Century Policing 2015. Or Policing 2015? Is that what it's supposed to be? I just don't know why it would say policing. All right, whatever. No, it's not policing. I don't know. With a copy of the May 2015 final report of the President's Task Force on 21st Century Policing. I guess it is policing. A file folder label. I probably need more coffee. That may not help. But more coffee never hurts. All right. 
a file folder labeled Biden Foundation that included a 2017 annual report for the Biden Foundation, a file folder labeled VP Headshots with photographs of Mr. Biden and President Obama, a file folder labeled American Possibilities with event memoranda for Mr. Biden dated February 1st, 2018, a file labeled Colorado Ski with information from a 2011 2011 related to a ski trip. Part three, classified documents found in box three. A, eyes only V POTUS manila envelope. Let's see it right there. The FBI located the marked classified documents designated A3 through A6 and a set of potentially classified handwritten notes designated A7 and manila envelope stamped eyes only on the top and bottom with V POTUS handwritten in the middle. That is handwritten, yeah. The envelope was also labeled with Mr. Biden's handwriting, Iran, January 1st, January 30th, 2015. Appendix A include that's of this document, I think, of this uh, report. Appendix A includes unclassified descriptions of documents A3 through A7. Portions of redacted cover pages of some of the documents in the eyes-only envelope are below. So that's an intelligence assessment from the CIA, 23rd of June, 2014. A memo from the CIA for 8th of August, 2013. Notably, document A7 is 10 pages of Mr. Biden's unmarked handwritten notes, three of which are dated January 28th, 2015. All but one page of the notes relate to the Obama administration's efforts to negotiate the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, otherwise known as the Iran nuclear deal. For example, five pages of the handwritten notes reference the four pathways to an Iranian nuclear weapon the Obama, Obama administration believed the nuclear deal would block. So we have this chart right here. Highly enriched uranium at Natanz, highly enriched uranium at Fordow, weapons-grade plutonium, and covert attempts to produce fissile material. And we got some handwritten notes. And this says it's a bad deal. Was Biden against the Iran nuclear deal that supposedly his administration was has been trying to start back up? Because right here he says it's a bad deal. Portions of page two. This says Fordow and Kuram. Inspectors, no deal. Something else says no deal. The tans, and then it's black, it's redacted. And then something else, and it says, this says inspectors, of inspector, something of inspector. It says Iran, it's a bad deal, again. It's a bad deal, two TOO centrifuges. I think he's trying to say too many centrifuges. Only four paths to nuke weapon, no deal, unless we can... Something. Verify, maybe. I think it says unless we can verify and have ability to block each. That's what Biden wrote down. 
The handwritten references to blocking Iraq and heavy water correspond to the Obama White House's reference to blocking weapons-grade plutonium. So the Iraq was what this one was. Iraq. That. That's what this... That's right. No deal. Okay. B. Ukraine, February 9th, 2015, and VP personal file folders. The FBI located the marked classified document designated A8 among unclassified documents in a green folder labeled Ukraine 020915 within an unlabeled green hanging folder. Agents located documents designated A9 and A10 among unclassified documents in a red file folder labeled VP personal within an unlabeled green hanging folder. Well, let's see what these footnotes are. Okay, it's just getting this article giving con to two Obama White House archived uh, statements giving information on the Iran nuclear deal. Okay. Then we have this green folder. Appendix A includes unclassified descriptions of documents A8 through A10. Document A9 is a telephone call sheet setting forth the purpose and talking points for a call between Mr. Biden and the Ukrainian prime minister. Mr. Biden wrote a note to his executive assistant on the sheet, quote, get a copy of this conversation from Situation Room for my records, please, and signed it Joe. Okay, part C, unclassified contents of Penn Biden Center box. Like box one, box three included a wide variety of unclassified files of personal and professional significance to Mr. Biden. That's A9. I want to know, um, I want to know what Biden said in this phone call. I'm just moment. I want to look at the appendix to see if it gives me an excuse. I'm not going to change this page over here. I'm looking on a different tab. Uh, so that was A9. Okay, it's classified secret. It says a telephone call sheet setting forth the purpose of and talking point call with Ukrainian Prime Minister Yatsenyuk. There is a handwritten note addressed to Mr. Biden's executive assistant. That's all it says. There's a phone call with Yatsenyuk on uh, around December 12th, 2015. Hmm. Might be interesting to go and see if Yatsenyuk if there were any, what the news stories were around that time. Okay. Okay. This one is uh, unclassified contents of pin by and center box three, like box one and box three, uh, like box one, box three included a wide variety of unclassified files of personal and professional significance to Mr. Biden, to name a few. One, a file folder labeled genealogy with information about the ancestors of Mr. Biden and Biden family history. How interesting. Two, various file folders with documents related to Mr. Biden's cancer moonshot initiative. Three, a file folder labeled economy with documents from 2015 related to economic policy and meetings with officials such as the Secretary of Treasury. D, a file folder labeled notable stories on the life of Bo Biden and compiled news clippings about Mr. Biden's son. Part D, security and access controls at the Penn Biden Center. To access the Penn Biden Center, 
employees used a key fob, which they had to scan at the building's front door, the elevator, and the center suite's front door. The center did not allow visitors inside unless someone with a key fob escorted them. Sorry, I have a message I need to check. Splashed up. Despite those controls, slightly distracted, sorry. Despite those controls, we cannot account for all visitors to the center. In practice, employees with the... Okay, sorry. Um, in practice... Sorry, guys. I'll be more professional from now on. <laughs> in practice, employees with key fobs could and sometimes did bring guests with them to the center without logging them with security. The center's office manager did not maintain a visitor log. The third-party vendor retained its visitor logs for only one year, so logs for the years 2017 through 2021, when Mr. Vine was a private citizen, were not available to investigators. Damn. The center hosted visitors from its inception, while the recovery of marked classified documents in November 2022, in keeping with its stated purpose to convene world leaders, the center hosted foreign dignitaries for roundtable events, or to meet with Mr. Biden in his personal office. The center staff recalled events and meetings pardon me, um, with the former president of Mexico, president of Costa Rica, the former secretary general of NATO, the prime minister of Estonia, members of the Ukrainian Orthodox Church. Didn't Zelensky do a roundup of that church, or is it a different church where he rounded up some, past some priests and pastors of it? and Israeli officials. Oh, of course. The center also hosted more than a dozen classes for University of Pennsylvania faculty, students, and interns over a period of years. For instance, a, a course on business strategies for engaging with government in March 2022 featured guest speakers from the U.S. Department of Commerce, Gen General Electric and, Electric, and Google. Well, this kind of answered a question I had earlier, and I didn't say it. Um, when we looked at those, it showed those photographs of the center. My thinking was, is the center, has it just been like closed down, like mothballed for a couple of years? Or is it still like an active place, but Biden left all those files there? I guess this answered my question. It was active. In addition, a cleaning crew came through the center every night to clean the offices. As a general matter, the administrative staff at the center tried to keep the offices locked or closed off during classes or events. However, Mr. Biden's office did not lock, and the adjoining outer office where Mr. Biden's executive assistant maintained his files was also accessible through Mr. Biden's office. How strange. Other employees' habits varied as to whether they kept their offices locked. The center relaxed security measures after Mr. Biden stopped working there in April 2019. It still required so so Biden's office was just unlocked, and he never and it for years. It still required visitors to check in with security in the building lobby, but they did not need a key fob or an escort in order to access the sixth floor of the building. The center also permitted University of Pennsylvania students who took classes at the center to work in the office space during the day. The center was locked down for about two years due to COVID. Okay, so it did mothball during that. All right, Part E, investigation of the classified documents recovered from the Penn Biden Center. 
As described further below, Mr. Biden's now former executive assistant maintained the files in the four relevant boxes recovered by the FBI agents from the Pinbine Center, two of which included marked classified documents. The executive assistant originally maintained those files in her office space outside Mr. Biden's West Wing office and moved them through two temporary spaces to the Pinbine Center, where she continued to add to the files. We set forth in particular detail what we learned about these documents and their path to the Pinbine Center because they are the most highly classified, sensitive, and compartmented materials recovered during our investigation. Wow. Part 1. Document Handling and Filing in Mr. Biden's Vice Presidential Office in the West Wing. Mr. Biden's office suite in the West Wing of the White House during his vice presidency, consisted primarily of his office and a connected front office. During his vice presidency, Mr. Biden's first executive assistant and staff assistant worked in his front office from the start of the Obama administration through mid-2012. The assistants also staffed the front office at the end of the administration. The executive assistant and staff assistant three started in mid-2012 and mid-2014, respectively. The front office staff collected and organized Mr. Biden's records. Classified records were retrieved by members of Mr. Biden's National Security Affairs team or sent to the White House Situation Room. The majority of unclassified records were regularly sent to the National Archives as presidential records. Given the volume of paper that passed through his office every day, if staff did not constantly collect, organize, and archive his records, paper would have piled up quickly and become unmanageable. In addition to records that were regularly archived, Mr. Biden's front office, front office staff kept a relatively small number of files for him in their desk drawers and a credenza located behind the executive assistant. I've learned that a credenza, thanks to a comment on one of my shows, a credenza is a fancy file cabinet made of wood. Those files were generally, I, I, I'm trying to think of something funny to say. It. I just don't have it. <laughs> it's like, so that's what a credenza is for some. I feel like very Seinfeld. Like I feel inclined to like engage in a Seinfeld type skit about credenzas and fancy file cabinets, but I won't. This picture is weird guys. I'm already distracted by this picture. If you're watching the show, this image down here is weird. Okay, those files were generally materials, including briefing materials, policy papers, and other official documents that he wanted to keep outside of the normal archiving process, at least temporarily. I mean, what is going on here? This is the view from the front office and the executive assistant's desk and the real file cabinet, rear file cabinet. Photo taken December 2016. But look, this is obviously photoshopped out right here. You got this weird... Photoshopping. I mean, this, like, look right here, there's some weirdness. Biden's neck. There's some weirdness right here in his collar. There's a weirdness back here. What is going on? Right here on the edge. Like, what? It's so random. It's like, did they run it through some sort of weird potato filter and it caused these errors? I understand this guy's face. I mean, this is kind of like, this guy's face is blurred, obviously. It's pixelated, I should say. 
But what's up with this other weirdness in the photo? There's some weirdness right there by his hand. I get these people's faces being pixelated, but I don't understand this other stuff. I don't know what to make of that. And look, this photo isn't like that. This one has a pixelated face, but there's none of that weirdness in it. Except for maybe these documents have been, had some white added to them to block someone from being able to read them. Bizarre. All right, Mr. Biden sometimes wrote a note on material he wanted to save. For example, he might write save, save in office, or file. In at least one instance, Mr. Biden wrote a note on a classified call sheet instructing his executive assistant to retrieve the transcript of a call with a foreign leader for, quote, my records. This one says Vice President, 623.16 Intel, and it says file up here. The files kept in the front office also included some of Mr. Biden's personal documents. For example, Mr. Biden sometimes asked his front office stat assistants to save poems he liked or retrieve Biden family genealogy information stored in the files. The front office assistants occasionally reviewed their files, selected material they determined Mr. Biden no longer needed or wanted, and sent it to be archived. Based on the documents recovered from the Pinbine Center, however, the occasional review of files stored in the front office was imperfect or not exhaustive. Many of the files stored in the front office, both personal and official, were old. Some dated back to Mr. Biden's first term as vice president or even his Senate days. Part 2. Mr. Biden's move out of the vice president's West Wing office. At the end of the Obama administration, Mr. Biden's staff prepared to pack up and move out of his West Wing office and into a transition office in Washington, D.C. Mr. Biden's office staff, um, front office staff, led by his executive assistant, packed up his West Wing office. Packing the office with a, was a challenge. Staff had to pack up and move out by Inauguration Day while continuing operations until the very end of the administration. The executive assistant recalled packing everything up in, quote, maybe a couple of days in January 2017. Oh, kind of like how uh, Trump's staff and the GSA rapidly packed up Trump's White House in January 2021. Sounds just like it. The front office staff packed up both Mr. Biden's office and the front office. The front office contained the bulk of the files to be packed. The executive assistant recalled packing hanging file folders from the front office into boxes provided by the General Services Administration. The same place packed up Trump stuff. The staff assistant packed up the contents of Mr. Biden's desk in the West Wing office. The desk contained some files, most of which were personal. For instance, quotes and speeches that Mr. Biden referred to often and notes from family members. Mr. Biden's staff did not recall him packing any of his own boxes in the West Wing office, nor did they recall him directing them to bring specific files as they were moving out of the White House. However, there were a number of types of files that the executive assistant believed Mr. Biden would want to keep with him such as mementos relating to Bo Biden's death, the genealogy of the Bidens, news articles, policy papers, and copies of his schedules and speeches. 
She described the packing process as somewhat random. She explained that, quote, we knew that he was going to write a book and do some speaking engagements, but none of us knew what we were going to need. The executive assistant did not believe the files they packed contained classified documents. The front office staff's practice was to return classified documents to their originating office or to the White House Situation Room, either daily or whenever Mr. Biden was finished with them. Staff lacked the time when packing to review files methodically to ensure everything was disposed of correctly. A total of roughly 15 boxes were moved from the West Wing office to the transition office in the administration's final days. Once at the transition office, Mr. Biden's staff did not unpack many of the boxes of files from the West Wing office. Mr. Biden was not there daily, but did come by occasionally for meetings. In June 2017, Mr. Biden and a core group of staff moved from the transition office to the Penn Biden Center's temporary office in Washington, D.C. They stayed in this office for several months while the Penn Biden Center's permanent office was under construction. Because Mr. Biden's staff knew they would not be at the temporary office for long, they did not fully unpack and, ma and material remained in boxes there. That makes sense. In October 2017, Mr. Biden and his staff moved into the Penn Biden Center's permanent office. Once there, the executive assistant recalled unpacking some boxes, but not all of them, because there was just no need, quote unquote. She unpacked some of Mr. Biden's files. Messing with something on the other tab, sorry. She unpacked some of Mr. Biden's files into file drawers in the outer office, adjoining Mr. Biden's office. In particular, she stored some files in a three-drawer filing cabinet adjacent to the door to Mr. Biden's office. The executive assistant could not recall how they determined what to unpack versus what to leave in boxes. When shown, when shown copies of the files in boxes one through three recovered from the Pinbine Center, the executive assistant recognized many of them as files she maintained for Mr. Biden in the West Wing. For instance, with respect to a manila envelope at the front of the box three labeled layout of Bo's house, she explained that this file was very important to Mr. Biden and he wanted to have access to it. A layout of Bo's house was very important to him and he needed access to it. She stated that the file came from the White House where she had stored it in her desk in the front office or in the credenza behind her. She then brought it to the Pinbine Center where she stored it in the outer office. The executive assistant also identified her handwriting on many file folders in box one and three. She noted that some of the files in box one and three uh, predated her time in the White House, and she likely inherited many of them from her predecessor. The executive assistant did not specifically recall any of the folders containing classified documents, although she acknowledged that they could have been files she maintained for Mr. Biden in the West Wing. She identified other files that post-dated the Obama administration as one she likely maintained for Mr. Biden at the transition office or the Pinbine Center. Numerous unclassified files in boxes one through four contained handwritten notes from Mr. Biden, directing that the contents be saved or filed. The executive assistant explained that these notes meant Mr. Biden wanted the files saved and kept in the office rather than archived in case he wanted them later. During the administration, she did not have an ex expectation of where the files would go after Mr. Biden's term as vice president. But when she packed the files to move out, 
She expected the files from the West Wing office would travel with Mr. Biden to his new office. This guy's a pack rat. Part three, origin of marked classified documents in the eyes only envelope. In January 2015, around the date handwritten on the eyes only envelope recovered from the Penn Biden Center, the Obama administration was negotiating the Iran nuclear deal. The administration sought to obtain concessions from the Iranian government that would limit its ability to develop nuclear weapons. In exchange, the United States and other countries would ease economic and trade sanctions on Iran. During those negotiations, the administration worked both to gain congressional support for the Iran nuclear deal and to ensure Congress did not take action that would interfere with negotiations, in particular, by imposing additional sanctions on Iran. Additional sanctions, in the administration's view, would cause Iran to walk away from the deal and toward further development of nuclear weapons. The administration also opposed legislation, legislation that would purport to give the Senate an up or down vote on the final Iran nuclear deal. The administration sought to engage members of Congress to advance these goals. Given his lengthy service in the Senate and long-standing relationships with members of Congress, Mr. Biden assisted in that effort as vice president. As part of that effort, Mr. Biden scheduled a breakfast with six senators on January 29th, 2015. Colin Call, who uh, is working in the DOD last I checked, uh, Mr. Biden's national security advisor, emailed staff on January 24th, 2015, stating that the VP wants to do a breakfast next week with the aforementioned senators, quote, to discuss Iran sanctions. Call noted, Quote, this is the group that traveled together to Israel and other spots in the Middle East, and many came back in support of the Corker-Graham Iran legislation we oppose. The day before the breakfast, Mr. Biden's national security staff gave him a briefing memo stating that the six invited senators, quote, returned from their recent trip to Israel, more skeptical of imposing new sanctions on Iran, along the lines of the Kirk Menendez legislation, but more sympathetic to Corker-Graham legislation that would give Congress an up or down vote on a final nuclear deal. The memo also stated that, quote, additional classified paper will be provided separately. Soon after emailing the memo, a staff member sent another message stating, quote, there will be more classified material later. The evening before the breakfast with senators, the White House and the intelligence community staff prepared a set of classified intelligence products for Mr. Biden. Documents designated A3 through A6 by the FBI, which was delivered to him the next morning in an envelope marked for his eyes only. That night, Mr. Biden's Deputy National Security Advisor Jeff Prescott emailed Mr. Biden's staff, quote, There are IC products that are being generated per high side traffic for the VP in advance of his breakfast tomorrow. VP has indicated that he would like them delivered to him as soon as possible anytime after 6.30 a.m. tomorrow morning so that he can absorb before the breakfast meeting. An NSC staff member responded in the email's reply thread, quote, just to clarify, these are compartmented materials that can only be delivered in hard copy. The NSC staffer said she had, quote, connected our CIA briefing team with the person who delivered Mr. Bynes' copy of the presidential, President's Daily Brief every morning, his briefer. Quote, so hopefully she can facilitate the physical transfer to the appropriate folks. 
Mr. Bynes briefer replied, I will drop everything at NAVOV, so the Naval Observatory, by 0630. Mr. Bynes briefer stated it was possible she packaged the documents in an envelope marked eyes only because such envelopes might have been the only ones available in her office at the time. So this eyes, this hard copy of compartmented classified compartment information, sorry, top level classified compartment information from the CIA was put in an eyes only document, hand labeled Iran or hand labeled V POTUS delivered to Biden with his president's daily brief by 0630 on that morning. Prescott responded asking Mr. Biden's briefer, can you please specifically indicate the products that are responsive to this request and highlight them separately from Miliade, Miliade, oh, military aid to deliver to VP. Okay. I get it. Military aid. I was thinking it was some sort of powdery beverage you mixed up with water. Okay. Mill aid. The briefer responded she would do so. Prescott replied, telling her, quote, please bring one for VP and a separate copy for Cal, uh, that'd be Colin Cal, both to the NAV OBS. Mr. Bynes' on-duty military aide responded to the thread, quote, I will be in the kitchen at 0630 to take delivery. I will hold Cal's with me and send the VPs up with the morning traffic. At 628 AM the next morning, the military aide notified the recipients of the email thread that he had the sensitive materials. Quote, I have the PDBs and the other document for the VP and Cal that the briefer dropped off. The VPs will be delivered this morning uh, with this morning's traffic unless he contacts me or any of you and wants them earlier. I will hold Cal's until he arrives. Mr. Bynes' executive assistant asked, quote, can you please put on the docs, put a note on the docs he was asking about it to highlight it. The military aide replied, quote, they just went up and the document said for VPIs only, like the document we saw. A National Security Council staffer replied in the email chain that afternoon, quote, hope the VP was satisfied with the materials, found them helpful prior to breakfast. It was a solid compilation. Classified emails within the intelligence community confirmed that the documents provided to Mr. Biden were those recovered from the Penn Biden Center designated by the FBI as documents A3 through A6. So this all this is all make, reminding me of what Trump has. Because one of the documents he supposedly has has to do with Iran and the media went crazy talking about how high classified it is and all of this stuff. And we have the same thing here. We have CIA intelligence left in an unlocked room at the, at the Penbine Center for years. Mr. Bine hosted the breakfast with senators the morning of January 29th, 2015, as shown in the photograph below. So there's Lindsey Graham laughing. Biden. As shown in the photographs below, Mr. Biden had a manila envelope with him at the breakfast. Um, I recognize this person here, but I can't think of his name right now. Can't think of it. So there, there they are. There's the envelope right there. There's him hugging Lindsey Graham because they're buds, even though they pretend not to be. Or origin of the, this is the, I mean, this is the kayfabe. 
like this right here lets you know about the kayfabe in Washington. You know, like I talk about kayfabe in one, like most often in one direction coming from Trump. But the reason Trump uses kayfabe, I think, one of the reasons is because the swamp has been using kayfabe on us all of our lives. The kayfabe is when they go on Fox News and CNN and MSNBC and on the Senate floor or the House floor and they pretend to be opposed on things. But then when they get together, they're chumming it up like this. Now, there is something to be said for them having disagreeing respectfully, but being friendly with one another, you know, even though they disagree on issues. And that's the way it should be, is they disagree about approaches and issues, um, and they don't actually hate each other. But the way they portray themselves is like, oh, I would never give him the time of day. Um, but then really, they, they're all friends. They're all friends and buddy buddies, and it's an act uh, for their respective voters. And it's all about who can scratch whose back. Part four, the origin of the handwritten notes in the eyes-only envelope. The handwritten notes in the eyes-only envelope recovered from the pen by and center appear to be Mr. Biden's own handwritten notes that he created in preparation for his breakfast with senators. Many of the notes are repetitive and appear to be from the same day, January 28th, 2015 the day before the breakfast. The notes all appear to be written in the same hand and a former executive assistant to Mr. Biden identified the handwriting throughout as Mr. Biden's. And the photographs below show Mr. Biden in the January, on the jet at the January, <laughs> at the January 29th breakfast. One of these, see, we're only, I've only done 250 shows guys. Give me a break. I'm, I'm learning how to speak still in that very introductory phase of learning how to communicate on a microphone. The handwritten notes later found in the eyes only envelope in front of him in one of his notebooks. The title of the page is quote, basic premise JRB operating from basic premise that Joe Robinette Biden is operating from. There he is. Uh-huh. Is he having a Diet Coke with breakfast? I wonder. That'd be kind of funny. How many beverages does he need? He's got four beverages. He's got coffee with cream because he's a sissy. Come on. He's got coffee, Diet Coke, orange juice, water. I'm a little jealous, honestly. I bet uh, I'm a little jealous. I bet that coffee's really good. Honestly. I bet White House coffee is spectacular. White House cappuccino. That'd be great. Right, a former executive assistant to Mr. Biden confirmed that at times Mr. Biden committed talking points to memory by writing them down, sometimes multiple times. We considered but ultimately rejected the possibility that Mr. Biden or his staff collected the handwritten notes designated A7 from different people after a meeting involving discussions and note-taking about the highly compartmented information also found in the eyes-only envelope. The handwritten notes did not address the same information as the other documents. No witness recalled an instance or practice of collecting participants' notes after a sensitive meeting in the White House. And that theory is inconsistent with the evidence that the relevant handwriting in the A7 appears to be a single person's. That would be Mr. Biden's. The special counsel asked Mr. Biden about the January 29, 2015 breakfast with senators and the handwritten notes in the eyes-only envelope during Mr. Biden's interview. Mr. Biden had no recollection of the breakfast or the handwritten notes. 
Imagine that. Part five, Mr. Biden's continuing interest in the Iran deal after receiving the eyes on the envelope. Mr. Biden's efforts to persuade members of Congress continued after the breakfast with senators. Other examples included a telephone call with the senator on February 4th, 2015, another one with a representative on April 11th, another one with a representative on April 14th, a meeting with the Senate Foreign Relations Committee Democrats on July 16th, a telephone call with a senator on July 29th, a breakfast with members of the House Democrat members on July 30th, a meeting with House Democrats on July 15th. Mr. Biden's interest in the Iran deal potentially extended beyond his official duties and his time serving as vice president. In May 2016, Zwanitzer, the ghostwriter for Promise Me Dad, then in the planning phase, emailed Mr. Biden and his staff a one-page description of the book we have been talking about, quote-unquote. The description proposed a recounting of a small window of time, this is a quote, in the spring and summer of 2015, which may be the most momentous epoch of the eight-year administration, the Iran deal. The description listed a number of administration activities during that time, starting with the negotiation of the framework of the Iran nuclear deal and the effort to convince Congress to sign off on the pact. Biden kept this stuff on purpose. He squirreled it away to keep it so he could have books written about his legacy that would include things that showed how great he was. The book's sole mention of the Iran deal is in a brief description of a call with a senator in early 2015, whom Mr. Biden called, quote, to touch base with him on the Iran deal and on the Northern Triangle and to bring him up to date on the effort to get money set aside for the Army Corps of Engineers and to deepen the Delaware River Channel. How exciting. I guess he was blocked from including as much information as he wanted to. That'd be my guess. Mr. Biden and his advisors, several of whom were affiliated with the Penn Biden Center and were former senior, senior officials in the Obama administration, had a continuing interest in the Ron deal as a matter of foreign policy after his time as vice president. In October 2017, for example, his Penn Biden Center team provided him seven note cards worth of updates on the Iran nuclear deal and the Trump administration's stance on it. His staff also prepared remarks for him to give at the Brzezinski Annual Prize Lecture at the Center for Strategic and International Studies, who, which is a CIA front, which is a CIA Mossad front. Absolutely, 100% it is. Roughly a full page of the remarks defended the Iran deal and criticized the Trump administration's threats to pull out of it. His staff later drafted a decision memo with the subject statement should, uh, quote, Statement should President Trump announce that he is decertifying Iran's compliance with the Iran deal. The decision memo set forth a proposed statement for staff to post to Mr. Biden's Facebook account shortly after then-President Trump's expected announcement that he would not recertify the Iran deal. In February 2018, Cal sent, KHL, Cal, Colin Cal, sent Mr. Biden an event memo for, quote, a meeting with Israeli leaders. Powell described actions taken by the Trump administration on the Iran deal and set forth talking points for Mr. Biden to advocate for the deal with Israeli leaders, including Prime Minister Netanyahu. And a Penn Biden Center staffer proposed, quote, Iran deal post-UNGA and fight with allies is one of several topics for members of his team, including Cal and Blinken, 
to brief Mr. Bynon in October 2018. Part 2. Analysis Insufficient evidence exists to prove Mr. Bynon willfully retained the classified information in the eyes-only envelope. There is insufficient evidence to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that Mr. Bynon intentionally retained the classified documents in the eyes-only envelope after his term as vice president or caused his staff to do so. Guys, take Mr. Biden out of that and put in Mr. Trump. The same exact sentence could be written about Trump in his doc's case. Instead, the evidence supports an innocent explanation for the unauthorized retention of those documents. Mr. Biden may have expected to need the material for further discussions with members of Congress about the Iran deal, which he continued to have after his breakfast with senators on January 29, 2015. Given his practice of having his front office staff store files he wanted to keep close at hand, Mr. Biden likely gave the eyes-only envelope to his executive assistant to keep within reach for future engagement with members of Congress. He and his staff appeared to have eventually forgotten about it, along with other older files in the front office collection, and staff members unwittingly moved it out of the West Wing at the end of the administration. The exact same this whole paragraph could be written about Trump. Mr. Biden's front office staff kept files in the front office that he wanted to keep close at hand for reference. The files recovered from the Penn Biden Center, including those in the eyes only envelope, were files his executive assistant kept in the front office and eventually moved to the Penn Biden Center. One member of the front office staff periodically went through her files to identify material Mr. Biden no longer needed but the executive assistant does not appear to have done the same. The age of many of the files recovered from the Pinbine Center, some of which dated back to Mr. Bynes' first term as vice president, is consistent with the possibility that the executive assistant and Mr. Bynes simply forgot about them, having never purged or archived them. Some files remained in the front office in January 2017 that Mr. Bynes likely no longer needed, wanted, or remembered. Moreover, the eyes-only materials were stored in an envelope that was not marked classified. Mr. Biden's executive assistant said the eyes-only designation did not necessarily signify classified contents. She typically identified classified material by the cover sheets, which she said were usually always included. She also said she would have respected the instruction that it was for Mr. Biden's eyes only and would not have looked inside. When interviewed, the executive assistant did not recall seeing the eyes-only envelope while packing up the West Wing office or unpacking at the Pinbine Center. Even if she had seen the envelope, it is reasonable to believe she did not know the contents were classified and would not have looked inside to check because of the eyes-only stamp. Some evidence suggests Mr. Biden had a motive to retain the documents in the eyes-only envelope after he left office. But that evidence is weak. We did have a content. He did have a continuing interest in the Iran deal, both as a matter of foreign policy and as a potential topic. Zwanitzer considered for Mr. Biden's book, but there is no evidence that he ever accessed or requested the eyes on the envelope after leaving office, <clears throat> or that he knew his staff had moved it to the Pinbine Center. None of his advisors at the Pinbine Center remember the documents. The materials they prepared for Mr. Biden on the Iran deal do not reference the type of classified information in the eyes-only envelope. The executive assistant stated she had no knowledge of the envelope's contents and no memory of him ever asking about it. 
and Mr. Biden did not appear to recognize the documents during his interview with the special counsel. He barely mentioned his role with the Iran deal in Promise Me Dad, and does not appear to have thought it an important part of his legacy. Some former advisors stated Mr. Biden was pessimistic about negotiating with Iran, but supported the negotiations anyway in support of the president. Finally, several of the files in the box were uh, where the eyes only envelope was found appear to have been forgotten files of little value to Mr. Biden, such as the file about a 2011 ski trip. The files therefore do therefore do not appear to be a set that Mr. Biden personally curated, nor do they appear to be set to be the type of files people keep close as a matter of course in their everyday lives. In summary, the innocent explanation for the retention of the classified documents in the eyes only envelope at the Pinbine Center is not only plausible, it is a better explanation than one of willful retention. Again, guys, keep Trump in mind here. Just apply the same reasoning to Trump, and it works so well. There is thus insufficient evidence to support charging Mr. Biden or anyone else with willful retention of the documents in the eyes-only envelope at the Penn Biden Center. Part B, there is insufficient evidence. There is insufficient evidence to charge Mr. Biden with willful retention of marked classified documents A1 through A2. The evidence does not suggest that Mr. Biden willfully retained documents A1 or A or A2, which related to engagement with China in President Obama's second term and a summary of meetings with foreign leaders during the United Nations General Assembly week. The FBI found these documents among unclassified documents in folders that Mr. Biden's executive assistant maintained for him. Mr. Biden occasionally asked his executive assistant, to retrieve material for him from the files she maintained. But she did not remember Mr. Biden ever going through the files himself to retrieve documents, and Mr. Biden did not move the files himself at the end of the Obama administration. The more plausible explanation for the unauthorized retention of documents, A1 and A2, is that the executive assistant stored and moved documents A1 and A2 to the Penn Biden Center unwittingly. In her interview with the special counsel's office, she credibly stated that she did not know the files she maintained included marked classified documents. Documents A1 and A2 did not have classified cover sheets intended to draw attention to the classified nature of the contents, nor were the folders containing the documents marked to designate classified, classified contents. The evidence also suggests the executive assistant was not familiar with the contents of the folders because she likely did not create them. The handwritten label on the filing 101016, the folder containing the document A2, does not appear to be the executive assistant's handwriting. And the printed label on the second term, uh, second term folder containing document A1 is large and on the cover of the folder, unlike most of the other printed labels, which appear on the file folder tabs. It is also unlikely a jury would find that after the end of the Obama administration, Documents A1 and A2 contain national defense information. Oh, so even, even that would be in question. Document A1 is a memorandum to Biden from his then-Deputy National Security Advisor Jeff Prescott discussing general high-level suggestions for the administration's engagement with China in the second term. Document A2 is a memo from Mr. Biden to President Obama describing meetings he had with foreign leaders during General Assembly Week at the United Nations. Unauthorized disclosure of such material could have revealed private, sensitive diplomatic considerations and discussions with the Obama administration. 
but any prosecution involving those documents would have to meet the defense that the Obama administration's foreign policy and diplomatic considerations, while historically important, had become far less sensitive by the time the documents were moved to the Pennbine Center. There are reasons why Obama-era diplomatic and foreign policy information, such as that in documents A1 and A2, should retain its classification status after the administration ends, but those reasons are nuanced compared to the large-scale and well-known changes to policy, governments, governance, and leadership style that occurred in the White House from the Obama administration to the Trump administration. It is unlikely a jury would conclude that upon the onset of the Trump administration, the foreign policy views of the Obama-era vice president and his advisors expressed in documents A1 and A2 retained information relating to national defense that would warrant a felony criminal charge. Part 2. There is insufficient evidence to charge Mr. Biden with retention of marked classified document A8. There is insufficient evidence to show, to show Mr. Biden willfully retained document A8 for many of the same reasons as document A1 and A2. Document A8 is a background memo for a meeting with a foreign leader. The FBI found document A8 among unclassified documents in a folder that Mr. Biden's executive assistant maintained for him and that he did not go through or move himself. For many of the same reasons as stated for documents A1 and A2, the more plausible explanation for the unauthorized retention of document A8 is that the executive assistant stored and moved it to the Pinbine Center unwittingly. The executive assistant did not intend to store classified documents in the file she maintained, and the document and folder did not contain the cover sheets she relied on to flag the presence of classified information. Part 3. There is insufficient evidence to charge Mr. Biden with retention of marked classified documents A9 and A10. Recovered document A9 is a telephone call. It's a telephone call sheet setting forth the purpose of a call between the Ukrainian Prime Minister and Mr. Biden and talking points for the call, which occurred on December 11th, 2015. It is marked secret, a handwritten note dated December 12th, 2015 from Mr. Biden in the upper right corner of the sheet asked his executive assistant to, quote, get a copy of this conversation from the Situation Room for my records, please. The document A10 documents the substance of that call in the format of a non-verbatim transcript. It is labeled confidential and eyes only do not copy. Given Mr. Biden's handwritten note, documents A9 and A10 have additional indicia of willful retention by Mr. Biden as compared to the other marked classified documents recovered from the Pinbine Center. On a document bearing secret classification markings with talking points for a call, Mr. Biden asked his executive assistant to get a copy of the transcript of the actual call from the Situation Room for My Records. The executive assistant stored both the call sheet and the transcript in a folder labeled VP Personal. And a witness familiar with the foreign leader calls stated that the content of such calls is typically classified by default. Nonetheless, there is reasonable doubt that Mr. Biden willfully retained documents A9 and A10. Mr. Biden's handwritten note does not request that his executive assistant save the classified call sheet containing talking points for the call A9 in his records. Rather, he only requested the transcript of the call, phone call itself. And no jury could reasonably find that the substance of the call between Mr. Biden and the Ukrainian prime minister was national defense information. The two exchanged pleasantries, 
and the Prime Minister heaped praise upon Mr. Biden for his December 9, 2015 speech to Ukraine's parliament. They did not engage in a substantive policy discussion. There may be technical or nuanced reasons to maintain the classification of the call, but no reasonable jury could conclude the call or its contents were national defense information at the end of the Obama administration, or that by asking for a transcript of the call, Mr. Biden intended to retain national defense information. The evidence suggests that the marked classified documents found at the Pennbine Center were sent and kept there by mistake. Therefore, we decline any criminal charges related to those documents. Honestly, that makes perfect sense to me. Makes perfect sense to me. And um, the whole time I'm reading it, I'm thinking about Trump's case. Because the same explanations, uh, um, broadly, in general, apply there as well. So, all right, guys, that was chapter 14. Next, we have chapter 15. And um, I got to call, I got to stop right here because I got to go uh, join another show. But uh, thank you very much. Thank you for su your support. If you enjoyed this, hit the thumbs up. And I will do another installment of this reading tomorrow. And we will be done with this by the end of the week. And I have some other stuff I'm working on. Um, it's in the pipelines. You're going to like it. So I got some other stuff coming up. Thank you guys very much. I look forward to. Uh, to our next installment. Y'all have a great, great evening, morning, day, whatever it is where you are. Stay positive. Remember, we're not going to win every battle, but we're going to win this war. Yeah.